Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast. Going to talk about the Denver Broncos offensive play caller slash coordinator situation. The dust has finally settled on who the brain trust will be for the Denver Broncos Is it a good enough group of guys for the Denver Broncos to trust going into the 2020 season working with Drew Locke? Because we know in the NFL, if one of the big coordinator to player communication importances that needs to be on the same page, it is essentially quarterback and your offensive geniuses. So we'll see if that turns out to be a good match, and we'll discuss that today on the Broncos Blitz Podcast. But first, our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirit. Chef Andrea Varela and that locally sourced rotating seasoning fair is just tremendous. Head on over there to Tap 14 on the web. That's tap14.com. Tap14.com. Com and uh, go check it out on the website. A lot of great fare, I'm telling you. One of the best places to go, and, and even sometimes, too, even if you have your own favorite, that's great, but trying out new things because they literally have everything. Go on over there on the web, tab14.com. So, the new hire, it is official. I know it basically was unofficially official unofficially, by Mike Shula, the Denver Broncos hiring Mike Shula for quarterbacks coach, uh, the 54-year-old out of Baltimore, Maryland, who, uh, look, played in the NFL, uh, went to Alabama, was drafted in the 12th round. Of course, back then they had many, many rounds. He was the 313th pick. That's a lot of picks. Played his career for a year with Tampa Bay and then decided, you know what, more so Coaching was where he wanted to be, and offense is where he lives. Started as an offensive assistant, a coach's assistant, moved to tight ends, became his um, first offensive coordinator with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 1996 to to, uh, 1999. Ended up moving around from Miami back to his alma mater as uh, head coach for Alabama for three years. Jacksonville was the quarterback's coach, 2007-2010, Two years in Carolina, as well as the offensive coordinator, and that's where I think many associate him with his first major, most recent success. That was, of course, turning Cam Newton into uh, a bit of a superstar, if you will, throwing the football. Also is given a lot of praise for the progress of Daniel Jones, as much as what Pat Shermer got, and that was, of course, in New York for the 2018-2019 season, and if this sounds a little bit familiar of like, well, hey, I've heard that. I've heard us talk about somebody like that before. That's because we just talked about that kind of scenario and timeline with Pat Shermer as Pat Shermer, of course, hired as offensive coordinator. So, Pat Shermer and Mike Shula, this combo. Is this something that can be successful for the Denver Broncos? Now, to give you a reminder, Pat Shermer, of course, was the head coach of the Giants for that two-year span previously. And, of course, as like we talked about with Mike Shula, 
given a lot of praise for the progress of Daniel Jones in previously a interim head coach, a tight ends coach, an offensive coordinator, a head coach for the Browns. I mean, we, we could talk all about the past, but today is the present. I think a lot of Bronco fans are going to immediately look at these two and get very excited. You know, I, I think Bronco fans are going to look at Pat Shermer and Mike Shula and say, okay, this is something to get behind. They've worked with young quarterbacks before. They uh, have progressed in the past. Some great quarterback play. We've talked about Pat Shermer's history with uh, Nick Foles and how he turned Nick Foles into that 27-2 and season. You know, they're, They've all been associated with some really good quarterback play. 2017 for Pat Shermer. Of course, we associated Case Keenum's play. Case Keenum away from Pat Shermer. Pretty bad quarterback. And then we just talked about Mike Shula. I, I just want to emphasize patience with this, okay? And this is what I mean by, by patience, Broncos country, is the idea that, look, this is a football team that we've seen offensive coordinators come in, and we've seen QB gurus, um, offensive geniuses, come into this football team, and the fan base got excited. Um, quite frankly, a lot of media got excited. And I always take a major ex excess of caution when it comes to these guys. And look, I, I'm not trying to sound like these guys aren't, aren't exciting or you know wouldn't be able to get the job done. I'm just saying t stress a little bit of caution because... I want to remind you that everybody thought Bill Musgrave was going to be this genius and he was going to be able to work with the quarterbacks that they've got and turn it into a, a dink and dunk, uh, death by paper cuts offense. And that was just, it didn't work out. I want to remind everybody that Mike McCoy was supposed to be the quarterback guru, the whisperer that was going to turn Paxton Lynch into this superstar. And look, it's probably more of an indictment on Paxton Lynch, but Mike McCoy ends up getting fired half a year later on a different team. And then you start to look at the offensive coordinator from last year, Rich Scangarello, and how he was going to be, oh, it was such a perfect match. Rich Scangarello and the Shanahan offense, and Flacco matches the Shanahan offense, and they've got the guys to do it, and, well, we all know how that ended. My point is, simply stress caution. Um, take a optimistic but cautious approach. I, I, you know, I, I don't think you need to approach these two with the idea of, oh, well, they've never won anything, or, oh, they've never done this or that. Or, yeah. You don't have to approach it from a negative standpoint. Just approach it with the idea of, look, these guys kind of get me excited. They've done some good work with some young quarterbacks in the past. But we've also seen these guys have the same nickname as some other offensive coordinators, and yeah, maybe we want to just, we don't want to, put all our eggs in one basket. You know, we don't want to look at pocket jacks and say, ah, oh, man, it's time to go all in on this bad boy, and then the opponent flips over pocket aces. And then it's like, oh, well, I guess I'll go get another drink. It's it's one of those things, and, and, and unfortunately, I think the 2016 to 2019 seasons 
are going to be the seasons that maybe humbled Broncos fans a little bit, but also burned them in many ways. You know, it's like, you know, and, and many times, look, when you are young or, or maybe when you're old, who knows, when you burn, when you, when you get burned by a stovetop or, or whatever may be the case, well, you know, you, you understand that, oh man, I can't do that again. You have to learn. You have to learn from those mistakes. And Denver fans, I think, have learned from the Broncos' mistakes. You know, we, they, they, take a, they take a very cautious approach to the quarterback position. You know, many weren't on the Drew Locke bandwagon right away because they're like, well, we did that when it was Paxton Lynch. And, well, we did that when it was Case Keenum. And, well, we all thought it was going to be Brock Osweiler. And it, it all fell flat. And I understand that. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with doing that. There's nothing wrong with taking a cautious and reserved judgment stance until we start to see something. Because you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. We, I could jump on this podcast and I could tell you all kinds of mumbo jumbo about, oh, Pat Shermer's going to do this and all oh, Pat Shermer's going to do that and he's probably going to look to throw more and uh, we'll probably see Drew Locke out of the shotgun and we'll take away emphasis from the fullback and yada, yada, yada. Media who is telling you that, they're just, they're just fluffing stuff up because that's what they told you with Bill Musgrave and that's what they told you with Mike McCoy and that's what they told you with Rich Gangarello and look what happened okay so and it's funny because us as media you know we we have to have all the questions right we're supposed to have all these questions and i don't think that's necessarily true because i'm not going to lie to you okay i don't know i don't know what Pat Shermer is going to bring. I don't know how excellent of a hire Pat Shermer and Mike Shula is. Now, I am going to say this. We do know from the past that they've progressed want young quarterbacks. And reports say, reports say, and there's another conflicting report out on this, is that Mike Shula and Pat Shermer both really liked Drew Locke, including as one of their top quarterbacks on the board last year. They end up going with a, I guess you could say, a bigger splash in Daniel Jones. I actually think both quarterbacks are going to be pretty solid in this NFL in their NFL careers. But the point being is we just don't know. And it's okay. Because you know what? I'd rather tell you I don't know then the idea that we're just going to lie to you and say, Pat Shermer, oh yeah, he's going to instill all this offenses. And you know what? Denver could be looking at a new offensive coordinator next year. I do know. What I do know is that watching with my eyeballs on the field, Rich Gangarello wasn't getting it done. He was not getting it done. And I do applaud the Denver Broncos front office and their coaching staff for looking at this offense and saying, you know what? It is time for a change because clearly... For we, we talked about this on a podcast around week five or six. It was very clear how inept and in, the inability that they were having. And then we talked about it in week eight or nine, I think, where we started talking about historic, historically bad. I believe this was after their eighth game because it was a halfway point mark. We were talking about them finishing points-wise in the top ten all-time of worst seasons. And a bunch of those seasons were not 16-game seasons points scored. This is just points scored over a season. That's how bad their offensive was last year. 
And look, if you want to talk about how Rich Gangarello automatically looked great when Drew Locke came in, yeah, it was because it was Drew Locke. I, th- I thought he was supposed to make everybody better, not have a reputation that looks based off the quarterback. That's what an offensive coordinator does, is make everybody look better. And by the way, if you're looking at the idea that, you know, Rich Gangarello and you're still salty about the firing and he was supposed to... Um, stick around because he looked better with Drew Locke, well, then you should be defending Garrett Bowles as well, too, who also looked better during Drew Locke's tenure. I mean, let's be fair, all right? The point being is that, you know, this is a wait-and-see situation for the Denver Broncos, is we don't know right out of the box what they're going to be. We have a pretty good idea scheme-wise, but who says that Pat Shermer doesn't throw a different wrench into it? Who says that... Mike Shula starts to get a little bit creative with it. What we do know is that they are accomplished responsibility and history-wise. You know, this is not a brand-new offensive coordinator. This has been somebody who's been around the block, who has mentored young talent. And I do like the, I will say this, I do like the combo of the hiring because Pat Shermer, if he and this is the the slight issue that the Denver Broncos I think are going to have for the rest of their days, assuming that they have Vic Fangio as head coach, and and I don't mean this as a negative, okay? I, I truly don't mean this as a negative, but they will rotate offensive coordinators if they have a successful offense because Pat Shermer is probably going to be looking at a head coaching job in two years if the Denver Broncos offense were to become a stellar offense under Drew Locke. He's probably going to leave for a head coaching gig. That's what happens. But the beauty of this is that I believe you may have just found your future offensive coordinator in Mike Shula who steps in easily if this is the case. Okay, now, look, we're projecting way out front, okay? We're also talking about a best-case scenario. But the point being is that that's the kind of stature that Mike Shula brings. This is a guy who has been a head coach before at the college and at the level of the NFL offensive coordinator as high as you can get for the position that Denver would be looking to hire him at so I, I think you look at this hiring uh, these these pair of hirings and you say look Denver could be set up here very nicely very nicely for what's to come in the future all right what does this mean for the Denver Broncos offense I'll tell you about that next Welcome back to the Broncos Blitz Podcast, presented by your friends over there at Tab 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just hop, skipping to jump away from Coors Field. All right, so what does this mean for the different Broncos offense? Ooh, projecting out. What will they do? What will they look at? Well, I'll see. Th- I'll say this. I'm I'm just gonna throw a dart against the board and see what happens. I'm gonna guess that this is a Denver Broncos team that looks uh, a lot more at four, five wide receiver sets. I think you're going to start to see Drew Locke operate out of the gun, have a little bit more control over this offense as the future starts to, well, it it, it gives it gives Denver uh, and their quarterback more flexibility to not rely on a 
what some would argue a outdated system or style or blueprint that they have to follow. That was the one thing about the Shanahan system that I don't know if Rich Gangarello really took into consideration. You know, Kyle Shanahan has really taken his father Mike's offense and manipulated it in many ways to kind of give it that that Kyle feel, that Kyle flavor, to really stay updated with today's NFL. It very much looked like Rich Scangarello simply took the Shanahan offense from 1993 to 1998 and just said, we're just going to leave it like it is and use this as a base offense. And it's just not good enough. You know, it's too predictable. It's very easy to telegraph what is coming, what is happening next. You know, when Mike ran the offense, you, you just kind of had this feel that, look, they were going to, they were they were either going to set up the run, establish the run, and then continue to run the football before they felt it was it was ready to hit you deep, or they were going to just pound you into the ground. And it never seemed like Rich Gangarello ran either. And that's why he is out. And now you have an offensive coordinator that's going to think a little differently. I think you do see a couple positions go up in value and a couple positions that go down in value and I'm going to start with the fullback position because we mentioned it earlier you know I certainly look they paid Andy Janovich and Andy Janovich is sticking around he's not going anywhere and he is a fine fullback in this league but this is a bit more of a offense that's conventional to what the NFL is starting to run at least what uh, you're going to see more of as opposed to what was run here in Denver. I'm not saying this is a, a true spread it out five wide spread, but you're going to start to see more of the fullback underutilized. And I also think you're going to see a little bit of the tight ends underutilized as well, too. Now, that's not to say they're taking them out of the equation. But the previous conversations that we used to have of you know Noah Fant getting into the game as well as Jeff Hireman as well as a third option, Beck, or uh, whoever may be the case, mm, we're probably shaving that down now to just Noah Fant. You may see Jeff Hireman here or there if he makes the team. I, quite frankly, I think they are all in on Noah Fant with the idea that they know that this kid can play. So far, he has stayed healthy. You cross your fingers on all that, and you say, no offense, your option. I think you're going to see the Denver team really drastically upgrade at the wide receiver position. This is a this is a crop that they've got to give weapons to Drew Locke, and so they've got to give him time on the offensive line, and they've got to give him weapons. That's what they're going to be really looking towards, at least in my gut, when it comes to this offseason, whether it's free agency, whether it's the draft, or maybe it's a combo of both. Maybe it's a team that looks at a Randall Cobb free agent wide receiver out of the slot and then a big time playmaker on the edge in a Henry Ruggs, or maybe they trade up for a Jerry Judy. I, I think this is a Denver team that really is eyeing additions of some major offensive weapons to give Drew Locke the opportunity to establish a a winning offense a, a offense that uh, has a great young core some great additions to the team and really start to become not this pushover offense that it's been all year all past three seasons long you know previously you always ignored the offense it was oh well you know they're just gonna try their best they're gonna hope Hope to, hope to get as many points as possible. I don't think that's the case with Drew Locke anymore. I think this is an offense that is really going to be looking at the idea of, hey, 
we're not only going to score 20, 24, 28. We're going to actually try to win games for this football team. It's not going to be the same old offense. You know, previously it's always felt like this Broncos offense was here to just do the best they can. I think it's different under Drew Locke now in the idea that in his second year, this is now an offense that's going to go to try to win the Broncos a couple football games. And so we'll see how they do it. Look, a couple comeback victories in his first year, and certainly the 4-1 and one start was very promising to look at, but a new year means a whole new system, new scheme, new offensive weapons, and certainly it's going to be fun to watch. And we will be watching and, of course, evaluating on the Broncos Blitz podcast. It's presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. All done for the podcast. Hey, if you want to check me out on the radio show, well, first of all, yeah, we have a radio show. That's crazy. They give us an actual radio show where we can do all kinds of crazy fun things. On Mile High Sports, if you're local in Denver, AM 1340, FM 104.7. That's at 3 p.m. every single day, Monday through Friday. Okay, 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 5 p.m. on the eastern side of things. So if you're uh, one of our East Coast friends, you can, of course, go to milehighsports.com and stream that show. Uh, and if, again, if you're local, FM 1047 AM 1340, or if you simply want to stream us on the website, you can do that as well, too. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, letter K Radio, on Twitter. And, of course, find the archives of the Broncos Blitz podcast at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. Later, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit milehighsports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.